2: If your roof starts to leak or your floors really squeak You're living a money pit Money pit If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump You're living a money pit Money pit Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home I call an A
0: to for floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom
1: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a
0: call right now with your home improvement project. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT because we are here to help you get the jobs done that you need to do to turn your money pit from house to home to castle. Now, we know there's a project on your to-do list this or weekend. Or many. <laughs> or many projects. Could be many. Could be multiple projects. You could be multitasking with your home improvement projects uh, whether it's which end of the hammer to hold or how to install a window <laughs> regardless of your ability we don't judge we just help you get it done the number is 1888 money pit 8886663974 and you got to get it done quickly because soon enough it will be time for summer and with that time to fire up the air conditioning and if you don't you know check your insulation right now it could actually cost you money in the summer did you know that It's not too late to cash in on summer energy savings with some additional insulation. We're going to tell you this hour how to do just that because a well-insulated home will keep cool air inside as well as cut summer energy costs. We've got some tips on how you can do just that in just a bit
1: hmm And you know what? This is absolutely my favorite time of the year because the weather is fantastic. You can get outside, and I love to use the grill. I mean, outdoor cooking is perfect in the springtime in New York because it's not too hot, and it's just the right time to move all of your cooking chores outdoors after a winter of being shut in. So get outside. So coming up, I'm going to share with you some grill safety tips for your first use of the grill of the season.
0: Plus, do you know where Americans are at the highest risk the highest danger, I should say, of dying in a fire, this really mm-hmm. surprised me. It's in your own house.
1: Oh my gosh, really?
0: It's true. And we're going to talk with Ron Hazelton in just a bit. Now, Ron is the home improvement expert from Good Morning America. He's also a host of House Calls mm-hmm. uh, and a friend of the program. He's a great guy. And he's got some tips on trends in home sprinkler systems that can actually keep you safe. You know, more and more states now are requiring these with new construction. We're going to talk with Ron it's about smart. how you could add that to an existing home at the bottom of the hour.
1: Mm-hmm. And this hour, we're giving away a great prize. We've got a cool bath accessory, and it's a classic S-shaped towel holder stand from everyfaucet.com.
0: It's worth 64 bucks. Going to go to one caller who has the courage to pick up the phone and call <laughs> us at one 888 Pit with their home improvement question, 888-666-3974. Let's get right to the phones. Leslie,
1: who's first? All right, we've got Randy in Indiana, who's dealing with. It seems like some sort of bad situation mm-hmm. happened on this carpet. What happened? You spilled bleach?
3: No, not exactly. Uh, the dog made a small mistake in the carpet. We uh, have a uh, Yorkie in the house, uh, well, and that, uh, that I, rushed to, uh, I rushed the jury there and grabbed some uh, uh, a cleaner that had a bleach in it. Uh. Uh, our car- carpet is a uh, kind of a blonde color, real light okay. blonde. You can barely notice it, but uh, there's two white blotches of uh, white color on our carpet, and I was wondering if there's a way you can uh, possibly stain that to kind of blend it where it's not so noticeable.
1: I'm thinking yep. you're walking from the laundry room with like a full gallon of bleach and like, whoa, tripping! <laughs> like, I'm thinking this is a huge mess, and I'm like, oh gosh, how are you no, going to help you? No,
3: spots about as, oh, about as big as uh, about four inches in diameter, three inches in diameter, and it was actually a it was a, it was a, a laundry detergent that had a bleach in it, so I think that right. was... Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, you know, that's not a very big spot, and I think that you've got a chance of getting it close to what it was. It's, it's probably always going to be there, but we can make it less obvious. There's a company that actually specializes in this called AmeriColor, and that's their website. Uh, their website is AmeriColorDyes.com, A-M-E-R-I, ColorDyes.com. And they have an extensive uh, selection of carpet dyeing products. They've got dyeing pens, uh, they have dye kits. They have they bleach
1: have, neutralizers.
0: Yeah, because it's not just adding the ble- adding the the dye. You have to actually get the surface ready to accept it. And so they're kind of set up for that. Mm-hmm. We've recommended them for a number of years, and uh, they're pretty thorough. So
1: And you know what? The best part is you don't have to sort of figure it out for yourself on the website. They're very helpful in the customer service department. So if you, if you seem a little confused or don't know exactly what the right thing is, call them up and they'll talk you through it and get you exactly what you need.
4: Okay, thanks a
0: lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Randy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Liz in North Dakota is looking for a gutter makeover. What can we do for you? Yes, we have some
2: gutters that were installed on our home when we built it new 40 years ago, approximately. Yep. And uh, I know the company that we bought them from, and it was supposed to be a warranty lifetime. I haven't contacted them or anything. But they're white, and I believe it's galvanized metal.
0: They're galvanized. They're not aluminum.
2: No, no, they're. Hmm. I think they're galvanized metal.
0: Are they rusting out?
2: No, they're not rusting. They're just fading out.
0: Huh. Well, they were white. Regardless if it's galvanized steel or if it's aluminum, they can be painted. Uh, the key here is going to be surface preparation. You're going to have a lot of uh, what we call chalking of the old finish. In other words, when you rub it, the white paint, the old white paint, will come off. That needs to be cleaned very, very well. And then I would recommend use of a primer because primer is going to make sure that the surface bonds properly to the the final coat of paint. Now, I will tell you, Liz, that this is a lot of work. It's not easy because the gutters roll up in the air. But you can prime them and paint them with a good quality exterior grade house paint after they're primed. And if you do do it right and you take the steps I'm recommending, you can probably get another, uh, say, five to seven years out of them with uh, one good coat of paint.
2: What do you recommend, oil base or latex?
0: I think latex is fine, but just want you to make sure you, you prime the metal first. Make sure it's a paint that's designed for metal and make sure it's primed properly.
2: All right. Thank you very
4: much. Enjoy your program.
0: All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 1 Money Pit. Just imagine that project. You got to go up the ladder, then you got to go down the ladder, then you got to move the ladder, and you got to go up again. It's, it's one be. for
1: somebody with long arms. Exactly. And a lot of time. <laughs> You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home improvement, home design, outside design, whatever project you are working on at your Money Pit, we can give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1 888 Money Pit.
0: 888 666 3974. Up next, you know, the right amount of insulation can make a huge difference in summer energy bills. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to know to get this project done. in time for some serious summer savings after this. On the bus. making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom
1: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question, which may in fact even be the correct answer. We're running a special today. We're only giving out correct (laughs) answers on the show. Lucky you. (laughs) And we're also giving away a Gatco Classic Floor S Towel Holder from EveryFaucet.com. It comes in a chrome finish or a brass finish. And this way, you'll always have a towel waiting for you outside your shower or bath. It's worth sixty-four bucks. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us on today's show at one eight eight Money Pit.
1: So you mean my husband doesn't have to stand there anymore, holding he the towel the whole time? He
0: does not. But you know, we don't have to tell him that.
1: <laughs> Good, because I'm not gonna. I like him he can standing be your there. be towel boy. Me. All right. Well, you guys, you know, now that the weather's getting warmer, you may be thinking that insulation's not the project to do this time of year. But that's actually not true. Adding insulation to your home is the single most important thing you can do in your home to cut down on energy costs and reduce your greenhouse gas emissions. Summertime, wintertime, any time of year, it is a great project. So first off, take a peek in your attic. Now, this is a great time of year to do this because it's not quite the burning heat of summer yet. So it's not going to be a gajillion degrees up. There and if you wait a little while longer, it is so it's a good time to head on up there. And it's also right before you start using your air conditioner on a regular basis, so any energy savings that you can accumulate, you'll start to benefit from immediately. Now, Owens Corning they advise 19 inches of fiberglass bat insulation or 22 inches of blown in insulation. If you find you do need more, here are a few insulation tips. First of all, use cut pieces of plywood for sitting or kneeling and for cutting your insulation, this way you don't. Don't end up in the bedroom ceiling. And also start at the outer edge of the attic and then work towards the center so you don't get yourself stuck anywhere.
0: Correct. Now, if your joist cavities are already filled, you can add a second layer of insulation. You just want to lay the new insulation in long runs perpendicular to the joist. So that's at a 90-degree angle. Now, you can use any leftover pieces to fill in the small spaces. And if the spaces between the joists are not filled in, first you want to bring those to the joist level with the new insulation, and then run the rest of the insulation on top of that, again, perpendicular to the original layer. For more tips on energy efficiency and insulation, you can visit owenscorning.com. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement
1: question. Jim in Ohio, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today?
4: Well, thanks for taking my call.
3: Um, I have a house I purchased about uh, 11 years ago, and when I purchase it, there is there's a small crack in the in the basement, uh, in the basement wall at the top cinder blocks and along my back wall and my side wall, and it really hasn't moved for a number of years. And then uh, recently I noticed that uh, on my one side wall, the very top blocks, the gap's starting to get bigger and they're actually starting to lean out. And what worries me the most is there is a metal beam that one of them's under and it's leaning on that. And hmm. you know, So I'm just kind of wondering uh, what type of fix or what? who do I get to look at at a basement person or what?
0: Yeah. Well, not a basement contractor. Uh, you have two options. You can, I would suggest either a professional home inspector or a structural engineer. Because if you've got a visible crack or a serious crack like that, you really need to make sure it's evaluated by a uh, professional. Because when it comes time to sell your house, Jim, you want to be able to say that you had a report done and, and this was the diagnosis. And in the worst case scenario, if it turns out that you need a repair... Uh, at that point, you would only be working with a structural engineer who would specify what has to happen step by step. Then you'd have a contractor make the repair. You'd have the engineer come back and recertify that it was done correctly. And then that becomes sort of a pedigree so that if you won't go to put the house in the market and anybody sees that you got a crack in the basement, you can say, Hey, I saw that I was concerned. I hired a, a structural engineer. Uh, he or she designed a repair. I had a contractor do it. And then the engineer certified that it was done correctly. And if I saw that, as a professional home inspector for a potential buyer, I would be completely satisfied. Okay, great. All I right, appreciate so, it. that's the way Thank to handle it. Thank you very it. much. You're welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Christy in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have a question about old lamps.
2: I bought some antique lamps, probably they're over 50 years old, and I just want to know if I've had them, I've had the. Um, The wiring, I've taken them to a hardware store and they've rewired them, but I don't know very much about electricity um, in old light fixtures, and I just want to know if I replace the electrical cords, how would I know if they're safe? I mean, is that all I need to do to be sure that they're safe?
0: Well, I mean, if the hardware store is doing this for you, I think that you're probably in good hands, because what they would do is they would replace everything, mm-hmm. including you know the, the socket, the bulb socket, and the switch, and the cord. So they essentially, just work
1: off of the fixture and replace all the guts.
0: Yeah. I mean, essentially, all of the operable parts from electrical standpoint are new, so I think you'd be perfectly safe doing that.
1: Yeah, because people are always throwing
2: out these really cool... Old lamps with all kinds of unique features, yeah. and then I then I find some local hardware store where the guy knows how to fix it, and yep. they're pretty awesome. So that's really just my question. I I have these lamps; they're beautiful, they're old, and they're unique. But I don't want them to be a fire hazard. Oh, I think that you'll be
0: perfectly fine.
2: Okay, um, do you have any any suggestions for reference? Like, um, just uh, by chance, would you know? Um, any book or any website that that I could find out about the age of old lamps or information on vintage lamps mm. and lighting fixtures? I
1: don't, actually. I was going to send you to a website called LampShop.com, and they sell lamp parts because I, like you, like to either make my own lampshades or I find something cool like a vase or some sort of interesting antique Object, if you will, and I like to turn those things into lamps. And there's a guy that works there who um, I believe his name is Ryan. He's completely awesome. He talks me through the whole process. I sort of describe the piece that I've found and you know what's the best way to turn it into a lamp. So you may you know, in your next dumpster dive adventure, find something cool that isn't already a lamp that you might want to venture into doing yourself. And as long as you use up to code electrical wiring, I mean, it's as simple as running an electrical cord up this piece and wiring it to a socket. It could not be easier. As long as you're using current items, it'll work fantastic and you'll be able to create really unusual pieces. Thanks for your help. I appreciate it. I love you're welcome, show. Christy.
0: Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
1: All right, now we've got Jim in Georgia with the plumbing question. What can we do for you today?
4: Yeah, I do. Listen, I I do a lot of remodeling. We have rental homes and we buy them in disrepair. We're we're doing everything basically in CPVC in the house and PVC right. to the house. And you guys recommended PEX.
0: Yes. And mm-hmm. I
4: walk I walk by PEX in the in the hardware store all the time and never consider it. Can you can you can you give me some advice on it? What do you What are are your thoughts on PEX compared to uh, CPVC?
0: Well, I think it's a very convenient product because it's easy to run. I mean, you run PEX like you run wiring. It's very, very flexible. And of course, for those that are not familiar with PEX, PEX is short for uh, cross-linked polyethylene, which is a type of plumbing pipe. Um, Easy connections to make, you know, uh, not a lot of specialized equipment, no torches involved. You can take pecs and heat it and stretch it, and it's got memory. It comes right back to the same shape it was before, so it's really durable stuff. And I just really like working with it. I just think it's a great uh, product and a lot easier and a lot more durable than other products that are out there. And so for remodeling, it's perfect because you can twist and turn the stuff and basically get it get around anywhere you, you need to, do, to go.
4: So we, we don't have to wait on all those uh glue joints to dry from all we do, we put in a lot of elbows and teeth. Right, no, you no. once you put
0: it in you're you're completely good to go. And in fact, you know with those glue joints too, if you don't clean them right, you it don't doesn't get them. Stick. They don't it doesn't stick and it leaks and can develop leaks and there's no way to fix a, a broken joint like that. You have to rip out the, the pipe and put a new piece in.
1: Mm-hmm. And the PEX uh, is like a crimping system.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. it
1: just locks it up.
0: If you're doing a lot of remodeling, I would invest in the tools. And and, and I think you're really going to find that you love this stuff. And it'll be one of those things where you wonder why it took you so long.
4: Okay. Well, uh, based on that, I'll I'll give it a try. We'll we'll see how it goes. I appreciate that.
0: You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
1: Cindy in Iowa needs a hand with a painting project. What can we do for you today?
2: Um, I have two steel entry doors. And they're just the way they came from the factory. They're just the basic kind of putty color. Mm-hmm. okay. And I wanted to paint them, and I don't know what to use, uh, what type of paint or how to apply it is, would be the best uh, brush, roller, or spray.
0: What I would recommend is that you take the door off the hinges, try to lay it out on a nice day on a couple of sawhorses, take all the hardware off. You're going to want to lightly sand the whole thing so, that you get off any old finish or any uh, weathering or debris that's on there. Then you're going to prime it. I would recommend Rust Oleum as the primer. Uh, you can use a good quality uh, oil based brush to apply the primer. And you can also use a top coat of Rust Oleum over that. And those two will work very well. Now, I will tell you that Rust Oleum takes a long time to dry. Mm-hmm. It's actually a but good thing it. because it really is a very, very durable surface. And with a door, you really want something that's not going to chip uh, or take any uh, show any signs of wear and tear because the door gets a lot of abuse. So that's what I would do. Take it off, prime it, flip it over, prime the other side. You might have to stop at that point and put the door back in for the night because you'll be out of daylight. Next day, take it off again, Put the first coat and the finish on the one side, flip it to the other coat, put it back and repeat. You're going to need probably two finished coats and one primer coat, but you'll be done with that door for, for 20 years. You won't have to paint mm-hmm. it again, Cindy.
1: And you don't have to worry about using a brush, leaving brush strokes because the oil paint does take, you know, a little bit extra time to dry. So it gives you that much more working time as you're applying it. So you don't need to worry about seeing any of those brush marks.
0: Yeah, it flows really nicely.
2: All righty. Thank you
0: very much. You're welcome, Cindy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, more and more states are requiring home fire sprinklers in new construction projects. Up next, we'll have tips on what it takes to install a sprinkler system in your own home from Good Morning America's Ron Hazelton. So stick around.
2: Hey, they- The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and
3: staplers. Choose the brand that pros trust most. Bostitch. Available at Lowe's
1: and other retailers.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, on air and
1: online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, we all know that fire sprinklers can save lives and reduce property damage, but to date, they haven't been all that common in homes.
0: But the good news is that three more states have now taken steps to create fire sprinkler laws, bringing the total to six states that recognize the importance of having fire sprinklers in your home. Here to tell us more about this trend and debunk some of the myths associated with them is Ron Hazleton, Ron is the host of Ron Hazleton's House Calls and also the former Home Improvement Editor for Good Morning America. Hi, Ron.
3: Hey, guys. How are you?
0: We are excellent. And uh, I think, Ron, when people think about fire sprinkler systems in their house, they have this nightmarish uh, view of uh, somebody burning toasts and the sprinklers come on and flood the whole place.
3: Yeah. And that's just one of the many myths about sprinklers. Uh, You know, the fact is that sprinklers are only set off by the heat from a fire and in 90% that means that uh, the smoke from a cigar or a burnt toast will definitely not set them off and in about 90% of the cases only one sprinkler goes off and that's the one closest to the fire
0: oh interesting so they're they're basically zoned in the sense that they're only going to go off where the fire exists
3: right when the when the temperature at the ceiling gets up to about 150 degrees which by the way happens very very quickly I've been in a number of homes and a number of lab burns, and usually the sprinkler activates within about a minute. So it doesn't take long for the heat to reach that point at the top of the ceiling, and then it it, uh, sets off the nearest sprinkler. And uh, then that sprinkler contains the fire, and in almost every case where I've been present, it has actually put the fire out.
1: Now, Ron, of course, in, I understand the importance of, you know, the home sprinkler system, but the designer in me is thinking, what do these look like? Does it look like something you would see in a commercial application? Do I need water pipes suspended from my ceiling everywhere?
0: And, and also, Ron, can you install these uh, in a remodeling situation, or are they really designed for new construction only? Well,
3: those two very good questions as far as their appearance. I usually drape fake plants around them and surprisingly enough they just blend right in with the decor. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) In your jungle room, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: What we're used to seeing in commercial buildings are the sprinklers that sort of hang down from the ceiling uh, by two or three inches and they're not very attractive, but modern residential sprinklers uh, are recessed into the ceiling Uh, All you see when you look up there is a disk. It's about three inches in diameter. As a matter of fact, they're far less visible than a recessed light canister or a smoke alarm. So they don't detract from the appearance uh, of a room at all. In fact, you just really forget that they're there. Um, And then I actually live with fire sprinklers, and I did retrofit a 30-year-old house Uh, It is more expensive to retrofit a house because you've got to open things up and, you know, get the pipes run through the walls.
4: Mm -hmm. Actually,
3: I was surprised at how few walls they actually had to open up. And uh, I live in a two-story colonial. They would use closets and run pipes inside closets. Very, very, uh, very little mess and very little disruption.
1: Well, you know, these do really seem so important, but are there any incentives, other than, of course, life-saving features, you know, as far as insurance might go to have these installed in your home?
3: Yes. uh, Most insurance companies now will lower uh, your fire insurance premium for having fire sprinklers. Uh, Congress right now is... uh, is working on a bill that will also allow you to uh, depreciate sprinklers, uh, residential sprinklers, over a very short period, about five years. So that's another incentive.
0: We're talking to Ron Hazelton. He is the host of the syndicated host of Ron Hazelton's House Calls, a great television show uh, seen all around the country. So, Ron, we mentioned uh, earlier that uh, sprinklers are now being required in, uh, I guess, six states. What's the holdup? What's the resistance? Do you see this uh, as a trend now where it's going to start being more common in every state? I mean, I remember years ago when we didn't uh, have requirements to put carbon monoxide detectors in homes, and there was a lot of resistance. The builders didn't want to do it. But slowly but surely, it became normal operating procedure to install carbon monoxide detectors right next to the smoke detectors. Do you think that's going to happen with sprinkler systems?
3: I do. I do. It's, it's now part of the National Fire Code you know you can go back even further than that just to seat belts and there was a lot of resistance to that no one would question the the life saving properties of seat belts today and when you look at communities that have required sprinklers in scottsdale arizona is probably one of the longest records 15 years they've been required there the record they have there the average property damage from a a, a non sprinklered home in scottsdale over that period uh from a fire is $45,000 for a sprinklered home, twenty two hundred dollars. Uh, there have been no deaths in, fi- in sprinklered homes in Scottsdale's over that fifteen year period. Uh, there's no question that they work. Uh, I think part of the problem is that uh, you know builders, and I can understand this point of view, uh, do not want to be mandated into having to put uh, additional things anything. in
0: houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, anything. They don't. They don't be really mandated to put so much as an additional nail in a house.
1: <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they, however, I will say, I will say that I have met several builders now who have turned this around and turned it to an advantage and, uh, and see and recognize that, uh, that many buyers actually do see this as value added to a house. No, In fact, a very, a very recent Harris poll was conducted that, uh, that demonstrated that 70% of the people who were interviewed thought sprinklers definitely added value. So, there's, there's two sides to this story, but one thing is unquestionable, and that is that there's, that, that these uh, these do save lives and they do reduce property damage significantly.
0: Well put, Ron Hazleton. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. If you'd like more information uh, on fire sprinklers, you can go to homefiresprinkler.org uh, or check out Ron's website at ronhazelton.com. Thanks again, Ron.
3: Hey, guys. Thank you very much. I really
0: appreciate it. Our pleasure.
1: Well, we've been talking about preventing fires in your house, which is very, very important. But this time of year, there's one fire that you actually want to start, well, outside of your house. It's your grill. <laughs> so up next, we're going to share safety tips with you to make sure that you light that grill correctly and you don't start your summer off with a bang that you didn't expect. Save that for the 4th of July. We'll share that with you in just a bit.
2: You live in a body pit.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at one eight 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 Money moneypit because this hour we are giving away a great prize. Of course, you have to call in with your home improvement question because you want that answer as well as wanting the prize. But here we go. The prize this hour is the Gatco Classic Floor S-Towel Holder from EveryFaucet.com. Now, you can choose it in chrome or brass finish. And this way, whenever you take your nice hot shower you will have a warm and lovely towel waiting there for you, right outside the door. No more making your husband and wife stand there with the towel. It's perfect for outside your shower and bath. It's worth $64. And the number here for your great answer and an awesome prize is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888
0: 3974 Well, would you like to know how to make sure that your barbecue is safe for an entire season of those sizzling steaks and burgers and chops and everything else? You need to do a few things to get your grill ready, and here is the step-by-step. The first thing you want to do is to remove the cooking grids and take out and replace the lava rock. Now, the lava rock does not last forever. It's very cheap to replace, and uh, if you take it out, you're going to find out that it'll probably disintegrate in your hands. It's not a bad thing. Just throw it out. Go get new lava rock. The next thing you want to do is pull out the burner and check it very carefully for rust or cracks. Surprisingly, these burners uh, do develop cracks. They do develop rust outs and holes, and they're certainly not designed to work that way. So if you find that your burner is cracked or rusted, you can order a replacement from the manufacturer. You also want to clean out the Venturi under the burner. That's that little tube and sometimes when you buy a grill it comes with a venturi brush which is a sort of a long uh, wire brush with the bristles on the end of it very very important because spiders love to form nests inside of those venturi tubes and if you simply run the brush through once You'll break that uh, nest. And Are they that super makes teeny,
1: the... teeny, tiny, like long and wiry, those brushes? Yeah,
0: exactly. And if the, you... you
1: have a neighbor who has a new baby and you've lost your brush, they yeah. give them in every new bottle. So just oh, knock on the well, door All right, ask. So <laughs> there you have it. You
0: know? there's, a, there's a mother tri- a t- a trick from uh, Leslie. Tip from a mom. <laughs> Tip from a mom, exactly. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, we were setting up a grill uh, once. Uh, and I think it was my brother-in-law's grill. And uh, this wouldn't fire right. And I took the burner out. And sure enough, it's just the tiniest little thin... Uh, spider nest across that. Mm-hmm. We poked it and poof, it was just perfect after that. So, I mean, they, they really are hard to spot, but just run that brush through, clean it all out. Uh, then when you put this thing back together, you want to check the hoses for leaks or cracks. Easy way to do that is with a soap and water solution. You can take some dish soap and water and brush it on. If you see any bubbles, that's a bad thing. That means that you've got a leak and you need to fix that. Or if the hose is cracked, of course, you got to replace it. If all of that works out well, Open the grill before you fire it. Never fire up a grill when it's closed. Always fire it when it's open. And if it works, I think you are good to go for a delicious meal. Mm
1: -hmm. An entire Mm -hmm.
0: season of sizzling fun. That grill is all set. do
1: love barbecuing.
0: Absolutely. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now. Maybe we've uh, got you thinking about some outdoor home improvement projects. Maybe an outdoor room, a patio, a walkway, a deck. These are all great questions. So call us right now. Who's next?
1: Martin in New Hampshire is having some issues with a shower. Tell us what's going on.
4: Um, yeah, I have a uh, fiberglass uh, shower enclosure that, uh, well, the house is 10 years old. but uh, So when I'm in there taking a shower, the floor kind of creaks, and I'm just wondering if there's something loose or how that occurred and how I can fix that.
1: And the creaking on the shower pan, is this something new, or have you always sort of sensed movement since you've been in the uh, house?
4: Well, I've been living with it for a while.
1: Yeah. Because generally with the shower pans, you know, usually there's a concrete base underneath and some people will just put the shower pan on top once it's, you know, hardened and secured and other people will, as the concrete is sort of drying, sort of press the pan into it so it takes the shape underneath and really adheres the pan to the concrete base. So it, it could be that yours was sort of not adhered correctly to the to the base underneath. Or just dropped it now, on top. Yeah, or just sitting on top, and now you're just getting some movement because of the age.
0: But I tell you that eventually, with all this creaking, sometimes the fiberglass will crack. And if that happens, your options would be either, either to replace the pan, or you could do a temporary fix with a fiberglass repair kit, like a Bondo kit. Mm-hmm, the kind from that an that you auto get. repair shop. Mm-hmm, exactly.
4: So, so is there any way I can... Get underneath there from the uh, from the inlet end where the water comes in from that end and, I don't know, I'll try to get some.
1: Something uh, to glue it back down?
0: Mm.
1: No. Oh, no,
0: I mean, man. even if you had access underneath that, I mean, even if you use something like an expandable polyurethane foam, it may just expand so much that it cracks the pan, and that would be, of course, not what oh, we're trying okay. to do.
4: All right. So so you're saying I probably have to, like, take the the whole enclosure out and start over?
0: Well, if it, you know, if it's, if it cracked, that would be your option. At this point, I would just leave it. Okay. Sounds awesome. All (laughs) All right. Sounds good.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, water, water everywhere. If that is you, you are in deep trouble. Up next, your water leakage problem solved from ceilings to basements. So stick around if you want to stay dry. Money Pit.
0: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom
1: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: And we've been getting lots and lots of email inquiries about wet basements, leaky roofs, and more after all of the wet weather we had this winter and this spring. You can get great tips online at moneypit.com and all that. We've got answers to your questions about water damage, mold, and also how to find those pesky links. Just visit moneypit.com and search the hundreds of archived articles right there.
1: And while you're online, why not send us an email by heading over to moneypit.com. And we've got one here from Robert in Mechanicsville, Virginia, who writes, I recently found water damage in my basement. After tearing down the walls, I noticed a gap between the wall and the slab. What is this trough for? And why is it located inside the house? Is it a radon hazard? And should I and can I I seal it off.
0: Well, that gap is actually pretty standard in terms of a construction technique. Most of the time, builders will pour the cement slab and leave a, an inch gap or so between it and the wall, so that if you ever have water that leaks through your walls, it'll fall into that gap and, and underneath the house. Now, in terms of this water damage, I will tell you to look outside at your grading and your drainage. Make sure your gutters are clean, they're free flowing, the downspouts are extended out away from the house, and make sure the soil slopes away from the house. That's the leading cause of most wet basement problems. In terms of the radon hazard, actually, it could be a radon hazard. And if you did have a radon problem, Robert, uh, that would be potentially one of the sources that would be sealed up uh, when the mitigation is done. Now, um, I don't know why you brought this up. You may have had some radon in your area. If you've never done a radon test, it's very easy, very inexpensive. I would do the radon test uh, to find out if there's any kind of radon issue. And then we can worry about what to do with that gap after Mm. that.
1: And it's best to do the radon test now in the springtime before it gets super hot and you're going to be throwing open your windows because you kind of have to keep everything closed off for a very specified amount of time other than, you know, the occasional door opening to get in and out, etc. So seriously, take a test because if you do have radon, it's a simple thing to fix and it can save your life.
0: Well, when you think of the term home decorating, you probably think there are big dollar signs associated with that. Not so because Leslie's got the last word on changing up the look of your bedroom or living room this year without breaking the bank.
1: That's right. You know, a new season should really mean a new look for your bedroom or your living room. And that really means just spending a few bucks on some well-placed accessories. And you might not even have to spend the money because, as I have seen across this country, a lot of you have closets where you shove things and never think about them again. So in there, you might find everything that you need to do a seasonal makeover in your house. Now, if you've got some dark throw pillows, you want to replace those with light ones or pattern ones that have a nice spring airy feeling to them softer textures, get rid of the velvets and the chenilles and go with linens and cottons. Think about what makes you feel cool and crisp like the summertime does. Now, also change up candles. We love putting out candles in the wintertime and in the fall. It makes everything feel really warm and cozy, but swap those out for you know, springy flowers or plants. And then your window treatments all winter long, we like to cover up those windows with heavy drapes and lots of layers to stop any leaky drafts that you might have. Well, For the summertime, open up, get rid of those heavy drapes, try using just shears for a little while, or maybe replace those with those grassy woven matchstick blinds. I'm serious. If you look around your house, you may have everything you need to just sort of spruce things up for the season. So it's really easy to bring in a light, fresh look to your room, celebrate this new season without spending a ton of money, and your house will feel fresher and you'll find that you enjoy it all over again. So get to it. Search your house. See what you got.
0: 888 666 3974. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to talk about trees. You know, they are the original all natural air conditioning system because they do provide shade and comfort. So, we're going to have some tips on how to plant trees and also how to choose the best location for your new tree when we welcome Roger Cook, our pal, the landscape contractor from This Old House next week on the program. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.
4: You live in a body pit.